Hi everyone, welcome to Crime Science. In this podcast, we aim to explore the science of crime and the practical application of the science for loss prevention and asset protection practitioners, as well as other professionals. Co-hosts Dr. Reed Hayes of the Loss Prevention Research Council and Tom Meehan of Control Tech discuss a wide range of topics with industry experts, thought leaders, solution providers, and many more. As a follow-up to our Impact 2019 Learning Lab breakout session, we will go further in depth about the importance of retail collaboration with law enforcement with our guests, Daryl Blackmore of Rexall and Detective Ryan Macasio of the Gainesville Police Department. We would like to thank Bosch for making this episode possible. Be a leader in loss prevention by implementing integrated solutions that enhance safety, reduce shrink, and help to improve merchandising, operations, and customer service. Bosch integrated security and communication solutions span zones one through four in the LPRC's zones of influence, while enriching the customer experience and delivering valuable data to help increase retail profitability. Learn more by visiting Bosch online at BoschSecurity.com. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of uh, LPRC's Crime Science, broadcasting from uh, the University of Florida's beautiful campus today. And I wanted to uh, introduce, of course, uh, my cohort, Tom Meehan. From Control Tech, longtime retail practitioner uh, and now solution partner, uh, Detective Ryan Macasio, who we work with quite a bit from the Gainesville Police Department. Uh, and Ryan is an incredible partner in not only helping solve retail crimes, uh, but helping us think and think differently and hopefully much better about how we might prevent uh, crimes. And then what we're going to be talking about today work together, collaborate. Uh, and extend that. And then also, uh, critically, with Daryl Blackmore from Rexall Canada, um, one of our LPRC members. And uh, I want to welcome everybody today to uh, LPRC's Crime Science Podcast. All right, so today's theme is, is significant and something we've talked a lot about in the past, and that's creating a positive ecosystem so that uh, everybody uh, can sell more and lose less, that we can uh, collectively figure out ways to get better at reducing, suppressing theft, fraud, and violence. Um, uh, and, but most importantly, we want to do that morally. We want to do that because our all-important shopper and our store employees, associates, our team members are so important to us, and we want them to feel and be safe and secure. So uh, with no further ado, what we'd like to do is kind of rehash a little bit, rediscuss a little bit one of our learning labs from 2019 LPRC Impact uh, that took place on U the UF campus uh, the first week in October 2019. Um, but what, what happened there was a, a pretty amazing learning lab breakout uh, where we had some of the experts you're going to hear from today and we're going to talk with today where they were how do we work together? How do we uh, come up with or use uh, existing or evolving platforms to communicate uh, issues, ask questions, uh, talk about crime events and uh, especially attempts or including attempts? How do we map uh, and, and take action against these groups individually? How do we deter them, but also uh, collectively? So um, if I might, Tom, if I can go over to you, what are your what's your opening round of questions? What's your discussion with uh, Detective Macasio with Ryan, uh, as well as with Daryl? Well, thank you, Reed, and uh, thank you both for joining. And uh, I mean, my question is probably uh, a simplistic one, but it's to both of you. What do you think is different today than maybe five years ago, as far as how we're partnering both uh, within the law enforcement community and the retail community? 
So in my view, in the past five years here, the one main thing that we've noticed, I think I spoke to on the last time I was on this podcast, and once again, thank you for having me. I'm back on. But it's the ability for these ORC groups kind of to go incognito. And when he's because all the sales and stuff are now going on online, and we need the retailers to uh, help us, not only to help us be able to track their goods, but um, they're the ones that are providing us all the information, um, you know, what their top targets are, targeted goods are, um, because they see a lot of the same people over and over again, as do we, but the more information we're able to get, the more uh, ability we're able to uh, go and effectively do our job and hopefully recover the property for the retailers. So from the retailer side, it's it's Daryl Blackmore here and. Again, thank you for inviting me as well. I think for for me on the retail lens, what some of the biggest changes I've seen in the last five years is is really around the need to collaborate more with the police. It's it's not enough now just to you know submit a report and, and expect that to to be enough to be the catalyst for the police to be able to to help us with our problems. We really need to be more engaged in providing as much information and and helping them put some of that information together in a usable format so that. They see that we're not talking about a petty crime that that's a one-off. That these are repeat offenders that are driving, you know, the opioid crisis, or you know, an organized retail crime group that's you know shipping goods overseas. Whatever the case is, I really think that it, the onus has come back to retail to really drive that partnership in some ways, and that's something that I I didn't see as much five ten years ago. What is, what is the and the, again for both of you and the, uh, forgive me for consistently I'll probably say that a lot. Uh, what do you think uh, technology has done to help or hurt some of the collaboration? So technology for me, I think it's mostly helped the collaboration um, with the, uh, you know, the systems we looked at um, such as Aura and that gives us the ability to uh, have the real time information uh, available to us. Uh, it's going to help us solve crimes more rapidly and more frequently because we have that information right now, right here um but on the negative aspect of that like like we were saying as far as um you know people being able to sell the goods and uh whatever else in an incognito setting i think that has kind of hindered us in a way where i think both uh us as law enforcement retailers have have never seen before but uh, we're always behind the curve in that when it comes to that and as far as technology yeah i really think the technology has been the catalyst to allow us to share this information and effectively uh, partner with law enforcement, but it has some drawbacks as well on that front, even in that we can be, you know, information overload to to the police and to the departments and the boots on the ground because we collect so much information and now we have an avenue to share it. Sometimes it can, it can lead to us giving too much instead of just being able to filter the, the big pieces that they need and, and really focus on what those main core issues are. But I think it's been a, a bigger plus than it has been a detractor. For sure. Uh, the technology, I agree with the detective that it has made it easier for organized retail crime to flourish and to drive the products out of our business to have somewhere to go with them versus the old, you know, had to go find your fence, find your, your shop. They can do it on the, their own now. So technology's hurt and hindered on both sides. But overall, I think without the technology, we'd, be, we'd really be fighting a losing battle. And Daryl, I guess this is probably just, it could be both of you, but being that you're outside the United States, um, what impact, if any, of that does that have to do with some of the organized retail crime that crosses the border? So we are starting to see it. I mean, 
not in a, a large scope, but recently we actually have had to work with uh, the Secret Service and and with the FBI on a, on a large uh, credit card case that you know they got wind of through you know a, a police officer sharing it off of our retail platform that we've posted, uh, and then jumping on it saying, "Hey, I think this is the same crew that we're looking at." So we're starting to see that network expand. I actually honestly didn't know that that would be a benefit that we'd see from leveraging this technology is that these police officers who are on the platform and getting this information, well, it might be something that they can't do anything with are forwarding it off to the contacts that they have to, to connect with us and, and drive some of these cases. So there's definitely a connection there. And specific, and this is, could go to both of you as well, specific to um, the learning lab and what what happened uh, at impact what can you tell us as far as benefits to folks that don't really have a full grasp of the retail crime uh, intelligence platforms that were talked about and the, some of the data insights that you're given if you're if there's a listener here listening what would be some advice uh, from a law enforcement standpoint and from a retail standpoint for our listeners so from a law enforcement standpoint um, you know we just rely on the information that the retailers upload into the systems that we've, we've, we've discussed. Um, but let me tell you, it's made my job a lot easier, which I like having an easy job sometimes. But the information like uh, was discussed before, you know, it could be information overload, but it's mostly good information. I rather have, as a law enforcement officer, too much info than not enough info because with not enough info, there's really not much I can do with the case. With too much info, it gives me opportunities maybe to go to different areas of a case that I may not have thought of before and be able to link certain ORC groups and uh, links a lot of these bad players with these platforms um, is beyond measurable. So any advice that I would be given is, is collaborate with your retailers. Do it as quickly as you can because you'll see your numbers uh, in effective cases go up through the roof. For me, if I think about any retailers that are listening and might not be aware of what a criminal intelligence platform can do for them, I think one of the biggest wins you get out of investing in this type of technology, whether it's with Aura or with another product that's out there, is that it creates the awareness that I found was generally lacking within our business. It was easy to say we had an organized retail crime problem, but in the past for us, it was very hard to prove that to the rest of the business and to get their buy-in and their well, for lack of a better term, open the purse strings to allow us to, to leverage some technology with with Aura. That's the, been the boon for us is it's the awareness is created within our own uh, business about how big of a problem organized retail crime is because we can actually quantify it today where we could just say it was a problem yesterday. Now we can actually show them the hard and fast numbers of how many times we're, we're having incidents, how many repeat offenders are driving this problem for us. That is very powerful within the, the corporate retail setting to get leverage and get buy-in from other parts of your business to to help you leverage and, and move forward on some of your other you know initiatives that's a really interesting point daryl and a huge one really that i hadn't really had considered that not only can this you know joint effort and particularly and particularly using a you know a technology platform Oh, the one you're mentioning are and others that are out there um, to bring people together and get them motivated, but to use that internally to help your own um, leaders and counterparts in the business understand, you know, this is pretty significant. 
and uh, I think everybody you know knows that our orientation here is to think about the green and red shopper and, and the green shopper she's not coming there or coming back or he if if you're out of stock um, and so that's just one of the the quick decision points that may, helps them say you know what I'm out of here or I'll find something but I'm not coming back um, and so you're you've got that visibility you've got that intelligence you've got documentation good evidence about hey this is really kind of part or maybe even a large large part about uh, that's explaining some of this loss and can help. Here are things that we can do. Here are things we're trying to do jointly. Huge. Um, so I wanted to ask, uh, do you guys maybe go into Ryan? Ryan, what's a, a case study, um, whether you're using a platform like R or something else, uh, or there's no platform involved, where you working jointly with, with one or more retailers were able to make a difference, to do something differently, do something better, and take some of the uh, high rate or high impact offenders off the street. What's a good case study, Ryan? So, you know, we have so much here, but one that really comes to mind, and this was actually before um, the implementation of Aura, but it just shows you kind of the collaboration. Uh, there was a retailer that was having some issues with uh, couponing scam. As we know, these couponing scams are frequent, and um, we weren't sure of what scale that this couponing scam um, would, would end up being. Um, basically, a shopper um, was going to a, a business, um, cashing out coupon after coupon after coupon at a certain um, uh, certain person, a certain register. It was the same employee over and over again. So me being the police, I said, ha, huh, this is interesting. So I was actually just down at this retailer doing some follow-up on a different case, and my suspect happened to come in at the same time my uh, my target employee was still working. Um, and I was actually in the LPO office at the time, and we just happened to have the um, regional LP up at the time. Everything just kind of fell into place. Um, so working in this case, we ended up recovering over $20,000 worth of merchandise from a uh, search warrant I wrote and actually get apprehensions and um, on both on the employee and on the offender. Um, but it was just so strange that um, I just happened to be there at the time, but I was literally on a different case, and everybody just happened to be in the play. But, you know, 20000 recovery for any type of uh, targeting couponing scam is, is pretty good. That's an excellent example um, in its way that, yeah, you were able to learn more, do it more rapidly, and um, do it better. Um, what about from your standpoint, Daryl? What's an example uh, of before not collaborating, uh, collaborating, but maybe even uniquely now you're using your your platform, uh, your intelligence sharing? Well, I think there's two really good examples I can use, and one of them's currently developing uh, right now. So in Manitoba, province up here, we, we had a very high amount of uh, aggressive retail theft as of late, and using or as a leverage, uh, we had met with the chief of police and shown them the platform and, and talked about it and what the benefits it could be for some of their officers and, and that sort of thing. And it's evolved now into today where we'll be attending a, a retail council meeting that's in partnership with the Justice Department where we'll have Crown prosecutors there. We're going to have all the different police chiefs for, for the province there. Uh, we're also going to have uh, some of the other retails retailers represented there and really it's we're we're talking about the platform and talking about how we can now 
share um, the information. And one of the big things is that similar to the U.S. privacy laws played a big impact on how much we can share and how easily. And they've engaged the Justice Department to help us with that. And that's part of this meeting that they'll be having is to come up with a solution to allow us to be easy, to easily share that information between retailers without necessarily having to have the police be the middleman because um, there is some language that they could they, they believe they could easily change in in some of their their law in, in Manitoba specifically to allow for that to happen uh, quickly so I think that's where you know you can evolve from it being a criminal intelligence platform uh, we used it as the leverage to get into have some conversations with law enforcement in this province but it it really has exploded to a much broader scope and with the government and law enforcement, both understanding that they need to be able to enable these partnerships between law enforcement and retailers, but also between retailer and retailer. So that's a huge win for, for us specifically, but as a, an industry in Canada, I think it will be a, a bigger impact. And the other side of that is, is the success that we've just seen with you know, getting arrests and, and warranted issued that we hadn't had in the past. And it, I did a meeting a couple of weeks ago and it was a really staggering stat. Um, so we've had these 200 locations on or since about September 15th of, of 2019. And in that time, we've had 450 incidents reported to law enforcement. And from that, we've had 22 arrest warrants issued and 13 of those have resulted in their arrests so far with these people been taken off the street. But the real story behind that is, is that, yes, the collaboration with the P police has been a big part, but it's actually been the sharing with the other retailers where we're, we're getting that. Because unlike a lot of retailers, my company doesn't have a strong loss prevention officer forced in, in the stores. We have it in select stores. Um, so we actually rely on a lot of these arrests being made by the other retailers. And the only way they know that these people are people they should be interested in is us sharing that information now and them having the, the insights to go, oh, these guys are also wanted for, you know, 11 cases against Rexall on top of whatever they had just arrested the person for. So that's been a huge win for us. Another great example, Daryl. Thanks for that. And, and let me kind of go to both you all. If you if you were the leader of the world um, and you know you've got these issues, you know the connections that have been made, uh, you know the tools, including the platforms, uh, but if you could change something, enhance something, add something, what might that look like? Um, maybe back over you to uh, to Detective Macasio, to you, Ryan. God, if I was really in the world, man, would I change a lot of things. But um, uh, when it comes to this type of stuff, you know, in order to combat these type of organized retail crime, like we, we were saying before, you have to have a common platform. Everybody has to be on the same page. Not only law enforcement, but all the retailers and if we can get everybody on the same book, whether it's the Aura platform or something very similar, we could slash this ORC issue we have tremendously. Um, information is what we need, uh, and information is what I would make people get out there um, to all, everybody, because I can't tell you time and time again how many different times we see an offender hitting multiple stores, not just one store, but multiple stores, and then me as a law enforcement officer having to pick up the pieces and maybe missing one in there um, in order to get the appropriate charges done and also the recovery of the property for the retailers. 
Interesting. Very interesting. How about you, Daryl? Yeah. I would echo that completely. I think consolidation is one of the biggest needs. We don't make the job any easier for law enforcement when, you know, we have our own platform as a retailer. They have their own. There's other ones out there that other retailers are using. It does make the job a lot harder to combine the information. Yeah, it does happen, but I think there's probably a better way. And I think that's one of the, the drivers is getting to a unified platform that, you know, all retailers could use, all police uh, could use. But I know that, that that may not be a reality in the near future, but that I think would would change the game completely for, for us and for law enforcement. And then tell me, you know, Daryl, from your perspective, what what are some of the particulars that you're doing uh, using the platform, things you might be doing differently? Um, and then, you know, as part of that, I mean, and how you, you have been using the platform to kind of go and talk to your, your colleagues in the business. I think it's really just been the, the lever to allow us to feel comfortable to go have these conversations that we're coming to the table with something to provide law enforcement um, as a tool to help not just us, but them consolidate and collect information and, and to drive change. If I go back to what's going on in Winnipeg, the, one of the things they've agreed to is that they're going to put every single beat cop on the platform uh, in, the, in their major city there, which for us is a huge win because it does show them the times that we have issues. And they actually already said they're going to start changing the scheduling that they're using for some of these beat patrols because currently it doesn't reflect where we have problems. They said it's an easy win for them to say that, okay, well, looking at, at your profile of what you've given us, you know, these stores typically experience most of their issues from 2 until 5 p.m., not, you know, well, we're running the beat patrols right now from, you know, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. We're, we're missing the biggest chunk of, of where you have problems. So it's given us these these levers to go and sit down and have conversations with law enforcement that aren't just at the constable and detective level. We're actually getting in front of inspectors or police chiefs, and then they're coming back and saying, hey, can you actually come in and train our entire department on this and show show them all this platform at once? Um, that's something that's never happened in the past for us. And, you know, the amount of of collaboration that creates, and it's it's leading to things that are outside of even our realm of, of normal working with, with them coming to us with other things now to say, hey, can you help us with this? It, I know it's not directly related, but, you know, it, it will be a good platform for us to give you that information and then share it with other retailers. So I think there's the, the biggest piece, as I said, is for us to be able to leverage something to get us in front of the police instead of just showing up and saying, hey, we need help. Excellent. And, you know, one thing we're working here, obviously, with GPD, Gainesville Police Department, um, and you know Detective Macasio and and uh, and his boss and colleagues here. Um, and what we're doing is we're getting ready to expand to more than one retailer um, and get an idea. How does a retailer leverage it? And you brought up some great points there, Daryl. Number two, how do you leverage the the technology and the communication and the and the visibility transparency you start to get between retail companies and then. Uh, and, and and then finally, of course, uh, with law enforcement and create an ecosystem of information so we've got more evidence-based action. Um, but I think too, as you know, up in Canada, we've been we've had discussions with quite a few retailers, and we've got some 
some pretty big uh, retailer players in addition to to Rexall Canada up there in the form of TJX and um, Lowe's and, and, and really quite a few others. There's a lot of talk about maybe establishing a beachhead, uh, particularly in Ontario, in the Toronto area, that where we could have some test stores and look at things. Um, so not only would like to would we like to expand some of the testing and R and D using crime intelligence platforms uh, here in Gainesville as a case study uh, to do all these things, but maybe up in the Toronto area. What do you what do you, do you have any thoughts on that, Daryl? Yeah, I think there definitely be the other retailers here. You actually named a few. TJX is probably one of the, the biggest ones that my investigator works with uh, closely to especially on the larger ORC. Um, they have they have a very good setup here in Canada. Uh, I'd say they're probably one of the, the best set up here in Canada. And I know they, in the conversations they've had about the platform, they, they love it and would love to have something like that to leverage. Um, so yeah, I definitely think there'd be an appetite. Ontario is the, the best, best choice probably because that's where most of our, our big retail is headquartered as well. So you have access to the right people and it is, by and far, probably our largest retail crime area as well. So, all right, fantastic. So we'll probably be in touch shortly. Um, in, in going over to you, to Ryan, what would a uh, what do you see is going to help us do that research? Um, uh, some any thoughts or ideas that you might have, suggestions on bringing together another couple of retailers uh, and and maybe even another law enforcement agency into the loop to see what we can do to further leverage this type of platform? So I've actually presented Aura to my command staff already, um, and they are fully on board with this platform. Um, anything to combat this uh, ever-growing uh, ORC uh, problem we're having here in Gainesville, uh, my command staff's on board with. So just you know, being a cop for 15 years now and seeing platforms like these just make the uh, investigation so much easier. I, I don't think you'll have a problem at all bringing out any other type of uh, law enforcement platform. As far as retailers, I think, like Daryl was saying, is that once you start showing numbers, recovery numbers, once you start showing that the uh, the uh, uh, the means outweigh, you know, the, whatever money they put into this pro these type of programs, um, out you know, is is shadowed or over overwhelmed by the number of recoveries and number of arrests, I don't think you'll have a problem with the retailers going on board. I understand there's a lot of different um, types of uh, privacy laws, this, that, and the other, but, you know, in order to be, be able to combat this type of, these types of crimes, we're going to have to kind of get over a lot of these, um, these worries that we have because um, we're never going to be able to stop it if we don't collaborate with both retailers and law enforcement. Great feedback. I appreciate that, Ryan. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, I you know we know that evidence-based policing, intelligence-led policing, are increasingly critical um, and growing. And this and this type of platform and this type of collective activity plays into it, particularly when it's driven by hard data. Um, Tom, back over to you uh, for any other insights, questions, comments. Yeah, I mean, so we we I don't certainly don't want to make this a commercial about Aura, but um, I don't know that all the listeners we're using that name quite understand. Uh, Daryl, from a retailer's perspective, can you explain the platform and how it's helped? And then from the law enforcement standpoint, uh, if Ryan could do the same, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. 
So at its basic essence, Aura is a database program. But where it's different is, is that it's, it's become the biggest awareness tool for your business once it's in place. And, and I say that because your stores are going to start capturing all this information about offenders, about you know your repeat offenders. And it's all accessible and all in one place. And it's shared with the staff in the store. And I can tell you one of the biggest wins we've had and, and we've seen the, the power of is that because we've seen the stores start identifying these repeat offenders who are, are hitting you through Aura, the power of that repeat offender walking into one of these retail locations in your, you know, part-time cashier who works eight hours a week, recognizing that individual and then calling them by name and telling them that they're not to be in your store. The power of that is, is huge. And Aura is the lever that gives that information to your staff. Almost every retailer out there has a platform or a, a database where all your internal incidents and external incidents are captured. But what I found and what our problem specifically was is that the data wasn't in a format that was usable to our staff or our managers, wasn't accessible. That's the difference with Aura is that it's basically social media for theft for your employees. They can scroll through, they can see what's happened in their store in the last since they last worked. They get to see the pictures of the people who, who offended. Um, it gives them that information to be able to help stop repeat offenses or, you know, identify as soon as they're in the store to call a manager or in some of these cases where we've gotten warrants issued to, to actually call the police. Yeah. So from a law enforcement standpoint with Aura, um, you know, uh, in, in my in my field, you know, as cops, we like the sim simplistic. We like everything simple. And Aura, the platform of Aura, like, um, like was said, was... Um, it's like the social media. It's like Facebook. It's like a Facebook feed of crime, of ORC type of crime, of just theft type of crime. And what makes it so easy is searchability features of each um, event that's uploaded. Um, so if you're a beat cop and maybe you see a suspicious vehicle and you run the tag on a suspicious vehicle and you now see that this vehicle has been involved in a theft that just occurred, um, you have that ability to, you know, maybe develop some more probable cause to get a stop on that vehicle. But now you have those, those, that option. And another thing I love about it is that the events upload immediately. So you could actually be sitting in a parking lot of Coles and an event is being uploaded. And if the event is being uploaded right then and now, you can maybe deter um, the escalation of violence. You know, maybe you're able to go in there and assist in apprehension. Um, and just the amount of information that it presents, and also it kind of acts like an evidence locker. Um, so for me, when I get a case and I, I'm building all this evidence and I present it to my uh, state attorney's office to maybe get an arrest warrant on groups of people, everything's right there, right now, and I can just say, here it is. And believe me, um, our state attorney loves video, loves pictures, loves information, and the easier it makes our job and it makes their job even easier to prosecute these type of cases. Yeah. How many agencies are you working with, Daryl? I'm, I'm sorry. I was going to ask you, um, I know you're working with two or three or more agencies at this point. Um, well, so keeping in mind, so we, we have a little bit of a different law enforcement set up here. We do have a federal law enforcement agency, the RCMP, which 
which has probably been one of the harder to get on the platforms, although we've recently made inroads with them. But actual, if you look at it by districts, police districts, we have dozens now, but every major city's police force uh, is that we have stores on the platform in is now on the platform as well. But one of the things that I just wanted to quickly add, and it piggybacks off of what Ryan was saying, is that one of the biggest wins we've had with the police is that evidence locker. And it's the ability for an officer to log into to the platform and see if we've done everything before they have to attend the store. So a perfect example is we file a report, but the employees that witnessed it never wrote up their statements yet. So the police prior to Aura would show up, be discouraged because they made the trip, the evidence that they need to get from the store isn't ready, they have to make another trip back, versus with Aura, they simply log into the platform, they look at this evidence locker and go, hey, guys, I'm missing the, the statements from the employees, can you please upload those before I attend the store? So it's been a huge and win on helping the police manage that piece. Get that off that, like what Daryl said, you know, as law enforcement, you know, our Law enforcement numbers, as we as we notice, have dwindled. Uh, the amount of officers that are on patrol on the road have dwindled, but we can't allow that to lack customer service. To, you know, uh, respond to calls. So, you know, these retail crimes are important to us, but like we can't be there all day long just dealing with maybe uh, you know simple theft. But with Aura and this platform, like Daryl said, if that all that information is there, so all the officer has to do is respond, take a quick report forward up to me, who uh, now is your, as your ORC investigator, I have more um, time on my hands to be able to investigate these types of incidents and put them all together. That's what I think is one of the main uh, main gems of Aura. Well, and we talk a lot about in the retail environment, low friction, if we want the shopper to come to our place, uh, spend time and money, and most importantly, or just as importantly, return to our shop. We're reducing friction. And what I'm hearing from, from both you, Daryl, and of course you, Detective Macasio is that that's really been a, a key point here is that the platform not just enables a, and, and creates the connections and the transfer of intelligence and knowledge and, and enabling the support you need, but it's reducing friction and it's making it easier and, and, and more convenient for all the users. So there probably there's less pushback, less resistance, there's more cooperation is, is what I'm taking away right now. Yeah, I would agree with that statement. Um, you know, I, like like I said before, I don't I don't foresee in my area in, in Gainesville any pushback from getting onto the system at all. Um, it's just a matter of uh, being able to get retailers to buy into it. So let me say, is there anything else we need today? We want to talk about uh, law enforcement retailing cooperation, uh, retailer to retailer cooperation. How do we better enable that uh, so that we have greater effect, particularly on that high-rate uh, offender or those crews that are out there striking? Um, how do we develop that transparency? Uh, Ryan, from your perspective, anything we're missing in today's uh, conversation? Anything else we need to know? Questions or comments, suggestions? So, you know, we, we talk about this this crime intelligence platform, and I, and I understand it costs money. You know, a simple way to kind of get that retailer to retailer or retailer to law enforcement, that direct contact, like we have here in Gainesville, we have a very active ORC, ORCAP, Google emailing group. Um, something that simple um, will help 
us as law enforcement and, and you, you all as retailers um, even start to kind of combat this type of thing. But that can get overwhelming because you don't have the kind of setups and you're, you're going through piles and piles of emails. But it at least gives you a tool to start. Um, I, I know, Dr. Hayes, you've seen a lot of these ORCAP uh, emailing groups set up. Um, I am very proud of the one we have here in Gainesville. Uh, but if anybody has anything, any questions about it, they can reach out to me, and I'll kind of guide them through how to set that up. Huge point, huge point. Um, uh, there are, and that's part of the research initiatives we've, initiative that we've got going on here. We've worked, as you said, really for 20 years with um, helping retailers set up and uh, with their law enforcement counterparts these communication groups and through Google and other uh, uh, you know, different apps and, and technologies are out there, that's enabled it. Uh, I think all of us got to the point where we're saying this is great, good technology. There's a ton of connection. Um, myself and some on my team, we actually get all the alerts and it's pretty informative, helps us stay grounded and aware of what's going on, uh, at least in this particular area. But um, like you say, the platforms may help us do a lot more, do it quicker, more efficiently. Uh, but generate mapping and, and targeting and things that aren't done through some of the other communication. But that's great. If you want to contact LPRC um, at operations at lprc.org, um, we can get you in touch with uh, Detective Macasio. Um, some of the lessons learned on setting up and running, uh, uh, you know, an inter-retailer and law enforcement group is the key here. Uh, Daryl, any, any parting shots, thoughts, suggestions from you? Uh, just one. And, and that kind of, again, it's going to go back to what the detective was saying is that, you know, as retailers, I think we need to take a little bit more onus and, and be involved in those groups and make sure that somebody from your organization is is represented in those markets, in those regions. Um, there's lots of those groups out there. There's very similar here in Canada. But, you know, when I joined Rexall four years ago, we we didn't attend any of those types of meetings. We weren't involved. We weren't actively partnering with other retailers. So the onus is on us to make those first steps and, and get involved. And that's the easiest way as a as a retailer to do that is reach out and, and talk to another retailer and find out where that group is or how you get access to it, whether it's an in-person meeting or, if it's a, like you said, it's leveraged off of Google or WhatsApp or whatever the case may be. That's where your information sharing and partnership is going to start. And it can only evolve from there if you leverage a criminal intelligence platform of some kind. But, you know, the boots on the ground, always the first step. This is great feedback. Tom, any last parting shots from your end? No, thank you very much, uh, both of you, for joining. Uh, it's always a pleasure. I hope to have you both back on again sometime soon. So thank you very much, uh, Tom Ian, uh, Detective Ryan Macasio, Daryl Blackmore of Rexall, Canada. Um, um, but for this great discussion, a lot of what we call uh, Zone 5 operations, where we're working beyond the parking lot, which is Zone 4, coordinating, uh, working together. Um, sometimes people will joke the, the offenders, the criminal offenders, uh, chat more than we do together. So uh, these tools, this discussion is important. It's huge. Uh, and not just for theft, which has been our primary focus, but we believe as well for curtailing uh, violent offenders, intimidation in the parking lot, uh, as well as fraud uh, and other types of theft. So thanks so much, everybody, for joining in. Any other suggestions or ideas? Um, uh, th but thank you from 
the LPRC, Kevin Tran, our producer. Um, we're always here at LPRC to answer your questions, get you guys engaged, and uh, make people and places safer and more secure. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Crime Science Podcast presented by the Loss Prevention Research Council and sponsored by Bosch Security. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find more Crime Science episodes and valuable information at lpresearch.org. The content provided in the Crime Science Podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for legal, financial, or other advice. Views expressed by guests of the Crime Science Podcast are those of the authors and do not reflect the opinions or positions of the Loss Prevention Research Council.